It takes more than great code to be a great software engineer. This is episode 321 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show about all the non-technical things that go into the technical field of software development. Besides code, I decided to go earnest this week. Or maybe I just couldn't think of a good intro. <laughs> but <laughs> Let's go with earnest. Yes. I'm not lazy. I'm earnest. But what exactly did you mean by earnest in this context? I don't know. It's not a joke intro. It's it's like a real intro. Oh, okay. Although some could argue that many of our intros are not jokes because they're not funny. I'm <laughs> 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 failing one of the key criteria of being a joke. But this one's not funny on purpose. Ah, yes. It's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed it's, to be deep and meaningful. It's ironically unfunny, which actually makes it a joke again. It cancels out. Okay, yeah, it, the irony has underflowed, overflowed. <laughs> yeah, it's wrapped around. Yeah, now it's funny again. Oh. Too many levels of irony. Do you want to thank our, our sponsor, Dave? I do. This episode is sponsored by Compiler, an original podcast from Red Hat discussing tech topics big, small, and strange. More about them later. I also want to thank our patrons. Thank you to the folks we shout out every week, who are Kenzie Dodds, Theodore Savin, Memester Josh, Jenny Kim, Owen Shardle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, Andrew Pollock, No Cheating, Leanne Fairpoilagewinlagad... I'm lost in there. Robin Williams. Did someone put Robin Williams in the name of this? Go, go, go. Uh, that name of the really long town in Wales. Kashockton, Ohio. Patreon.com.au. We're hiring. Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King. Testing is documenting.org. Oladapo Fadier. Will Angel, who does not have stinky feet. Then who has stinky feet? That is the next person who sponsored. So they're communicating now. This is a chat system with very high latency. <laughs> Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Nick Cantar, and Philip John Basile. Thank you. Thank you to all those people. And if you would like to join this group, you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. All right. Shall I read our first question? Yeah, I guess I. you wouldn't even believe the benefits, so I won't even say them. Too numerous to list, so we just better not. The benefits of reading the question? Of sponsoring us, of supporting oh. us on Patreon. <laughs> okay, Patreon. Sorry. You can do it, but it's probably good and it's a surprise. <laughs> okay. you, you'll find out when you do it. So if you want to be surprised, go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon is what you're trying to say here. Is this what I'm getting? I think so, yeah. Or if you can hear my child in the background, maybe you can support us at the level where i can afford podcast specific child care <laughs> and then the audio yes. quality will improve that's, that's a good point we should create a new level for that <laughs> jameson's babysitter yeah right now that babysitter is called ipad <laughs> but it's failing it was rejected today what, what you don't know is that we're actually recording this in a professional studio uh it just happens to be that the, the podcast next door is full of children <laughs> They're delightful children. Yeah, do you want to read our first question now? Yes, this comes from an anonymous listener who says, how do you politely tell a reviewer, politely, yeah, it, it does say politely twice, that wasn't just me. Okay, uh, quote, <laughs> your suggestion is stupid. I will not do it. <laughs> when you get stupid review comments. If you don't do it, then the pull request can't move forward because of unresolved issues. If you do it, then you're compromising your design you've worked weeks on for some flyby random comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel this one in my bones. Are you the commenter or the person 
the recipient of the comment. How do I tell you I will not do this without blocking this? I know for a fact, Jameson, this, this one has to resonate with you on the receiving end because you're a people pleaser. As am I. <sighs> yeah. It depends on if I don't have any approvals, though. It depends on what the, what the structure is like. Is it that they have rejected the pull request? Mm-hmm. Is it that they did not approve it, but I have other approvals? If that's the case, then I'm happy to leave a pull request to this pull request welcome comment and then just merge it. I'm actually surprised to hear this about you. I would have really? expected you to get hamstrung on the fact that there's someone out there who does not absolutely love your code. I hate my code, so <laughs> I'm fine if other people don't love it. <laughs> That's just something we have in common. <laughs> We're just better you're, friends. You're like, I agree. Squash and merge. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's a good point. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm paralyzed if I have a way around it. That's interesting to hear about you. This is... It's not every day that I learn something new about you, given how many how many hours we've spent talking on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, I'm the kind of person where it's like, okay, I've got all my approvals. I'm going to go, uh-oh, someone thinks there's something different. It's, I would then spend a bunch of time either trying to build a, a persuasive argument that they should agree with me and just let me ship it, or incorporating their changes or something. Or, or maybe what you said, similar to what you said is, yeah, I'll circle back and address those in a future PR. Yeah, which means never. <laughs> yeah, when we have time to clean up that tech debt, your your suggestion sounds great, and you will never have time. And you get stupid review comments. So I have seen a variety of comments that you might call stupid, and I think the ones that are most frustrating to me are when I feel like the commenter is expressing a really clear opinion that makes me feel like they just have totally missed the point. Like they, I don't know, they just, they, they came fresh out of a blog post that says the word solid a lot. And so they're like all <laughs> pumped about just like these principles and, and are not really responding to the content of the pull request, but have this kind of just personal feeling of like, code should be written this way without mm-hmm. really talking about the, the thing you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that is the most frustrating to me. Um, like disagreements of the right way to do things, I think I'm I'm better at engaging with. But if someone's like, well, actually, I read on dev.to or whatever that website is that you're mm-hmm. supposed to like put this many numbers of spaces, then uh, what do I do? Yeah, when I say pull request welcome, <laughs> close it. <laughs> pull request on my pull request. Yeah. And then when, what happens when you complain about their pull request on your pull request? Do they have to then say the same thing back to you? Pull request on my pull request on your pull request, welcome. Yeah, it's an endlessly rising tower. It's pull request, pull request. all the way down. Yes. What if the suggestion is truly stupid? And I don't mean stupid. I don't mean to say like the person is stupid. It's just, look, they made a, they had a bad idea. And you, you know, like, do you explain it to them? Do you explain why it's a bad idea? It also probably depends on the power dynamics between you two. Like if you're peers or if, if you're maybe more senior experienced than this person, then it's a lot easier to say, I think I disagree and here's why. And you kind of like acknowledge it and then move on. But but again, I think it comes down to if they are currently blocking this from going forward. Yeah. Uh, and if they are, then that's a harder problem because you, you have to talk to them. It's going to take longer. You can't just, you can't just do it. I think you're right on with the power dynamic thing. Like if you're a senior, more senior engineer 
and the person leaving the, the, the suggestion that you think is stupid, I'm going to just put this right back on the question asker because I don't usually like to <laughs> say the word stupid to describe someone's <laughs> PR comments. But it, if you think something is stupid and you're more senior, I think you owe it to the person because of your seniority to take it as a teaching moment and explain why it's not a great idea. And this is a very fine line to balance, but this is what makes a, a great senior engineer great, is the ability to explain something with the heart of a teacher that's not condescending and doesn't wreck the relationship, <laughs> but does educate, you know? So like if there's yeah. an objective reason why it's a bad idea, you should explain that reason. Like you owe it to yeah. them because if you don't, they're just going to go make that same comment on some other PR and end up just wasting time. There's that, have you heard that phrase that it takes way more time to refute BS than to say BS? Oh no, but man, that is so true. Like it's a lot of work to be a kind, careful teacher. <laughs> it's it's way more work than it is to say like, I think you should invert the order of these arguments because I like it better. I think the the benefit of teaching is people learn, but the cost is it sure takes a lot more of your time. And if this happens a lot, then you might need to address this problem at a cheaper place than in pull request comments mm -hmm. or in, in code review comments by, by, I mean, what would the cheaper place be? It's kind of like getting ahead of it, I guess. I don't know. I had a, a more concrete suggestion here. It's distracted by a child building an imagination scape in, in my room while I'm trying to record this podcast. <laughs> what? Um, he's, he's got a bunch of magnet tiles and is constructing a castle of some kind. It's a castle of pull requests stacked yes. on top yeah. of each other. And I have to go tell him it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this does describe, this describes the interaction when I'm helping my kids build Lego, which is, I say, why don't we put this thing here? And they say, dad, your suggestion is stupid and I will not do it. <laughs> And then I stop suggesting and say, okay, tell me where to put stuff. Oh, I'm trying to fish the useful thing back out of the brain soup, the lukewarm <laughs> stew of late afternoon post-work brain juice. How about we flip this one on its head and say, are you the person doing random flyby comments on someone else's code that's like been, you know, had weeks of thought investment into it? And uh, you're just like, oh, yeah, well, maybe you should have camel cased that variable. <laughs> That's how you get points. That's how you win. That's how you prove value. Oh, I remembered what the thing was. And it's gone. <laughs> Dang it. That was fast. <laughs> I have holes in my brain. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I got it. Okay. Is it gone again? No, it's here. It's <laughs> fixed firmly in my mind. There is a related thing that might help here that isn't directly solving this problem but could maybe work around it which is some kind of agreement on the team about what kind of things are okay to block a pull request for versus what aren't oh. i've seen oh there's a blog post floating around somewhere using like rock terminology not rock and roll like uh boulders geological yeah this, this is a boulder this is like a blocking thing that has to get fixed this mm -hmm. is a pebble this is a little thing you might want to think about and that way you can Give some information about how important you think it is that your feedback be followed. If you're just pointing out like, hey, did you, did you think about this other place in the code? And you probably didn't. It's not a huge deal if, if you didn't. Don't require any change necessarily. Like if you don't 
qualify it this way, then each comment in the UI for code review looks like it carries the same weight, but some of them might be neat things that you noticed and some of them might be disasters that you're trying to avoid. So if you get some agreement on your team about uh, like when you're commenting and reviewing code, be clear about how how blocking or how serious this is. And also some kind of agreement of like what kinds of things merit blocking a, a, a change from being merged in. Then the suggestion might be stupid still, but it might be a non-blocking suggestion. The suggestion might be like, change all the variable names to SpongeBob case, but this is <laughs> this is a pebble. So I think it'd be cool if you did yes. it, not blocking. And you can say, it would be cool if I did it, but I'm not cool, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Maybe that helps in the future. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't work around the core disagreement of like, sometimes people disagree on what the right thing to do is, and sometimes they disagree strongly. It kind of does help, though, because what what in my experience, when people have disagreements on code like this, especially if it seems like quote unquote stupid, it's because the team has not established guidelines on what they should be doing in the code reviews for each other. And so it just turns into whatever my human mind thinks of while reading your code, I will write <laughs> on your yeah. comments, you know? Yeah, it's just this is just stream of consciousness. Exactly. This is the the real time human meat linter running. Your function definition made me think of the taste of bananas. And that's what I'm going to tell you now. Not approved. And I hate bananas. <laughs> and I hate so you better change this function. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think your idea to establish ground rules about what is and isn't acceptable in a code review is a really good idea. So, okay, like let's say that you do that, but then you still get stupid comments, <laughs> quote unquote stupid. Um, because it's like- And they're just... stupid boulders. <laughs> they're mountains. Yeah. <laughs> your boulder stupid is mountain stupid. Ranges. Your mountain yeah. is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think that in this case, I like to ask people point blank. Hey, should we hold up the merging of this code review uh, for your comment? Just ask them point blank. Do they insist on it? Right? And if the answer is no, we can talk about it later. If the answer is yes, we have to talk about it now and get it sorted. And and because like you said, Jameson, like what was it the, the phrase you used a minute ago? It's easier to something than respond to something. What was it? <laughs> Oh, it's easier to say BS than to refute it. Exactly. And, and the, the problem there is externalities, right? Like the, the BS writer or producer does not have to pay the cost of the BS consumer, <laughs> right? Um, so why not share that cost by forcing them to um, answer, answer the question? Ah, right. Write me a blog post about why this isn't stupid <laughs> instead of I write you a blog post about why this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Can, yeah. You imagine, can you imagine getting that response? You're like, hey, I, I think like you should it. change your variable name. <laughs> and the response is, please write a blog post about why your idea isn't <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it's like the most passive aggressive response ever. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, if you could my... just help me understand why this isn't stupid, I'd be happy to, <laughs> to take your suggestion. <laughs> I never came out and said it was stupid. I just need you to justify why it isn't. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. can you imagine? Anyway, that, my point is that make them carry some of the load of substantiating their claims by asking by asking them if they think we should hold up the PR. Like, let's get very explicit about this. Like, should we hold it up or not? Um, it's kind of like forcing what you were saying, like, force them to identify this as a mountain boulder or pebble yeah 
I like that. Hmm. Well, have we answered it? I think so. It, I, it's so hard to know the right thing to do, but I think in the end, kindness will prevail and should prevail, right? So don't tell them their idea is stupid, but do say, you could definitely say something like, from my perspective, this doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, I have a few reasons for it, but can you give me more perspective on you? Like, in other words, don't invest a whole crap ton of time, right? Yeah. But do do the minimum amount of effort to kindly express that you don't agree necessarily with their approach. And could they please explain more? And if they can't, if they're like, ah, never mind, move on. Great. Yeah. And and maybe actually sometimes you might find out that you're the stupid one. That's happened ah, to me before. <laughs> the stupid was coming from inside the house. <laughs> It was within you this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I also like your suggestion a lot about asking them if this is worth blocking shipping this because yeah. that's a hard question to say yes to. There's just right. a lot of, there's a lot of pressure. Um, yep. So this is, you could use that for, for evil potentially, but like mm-hmm. that will require more justification on their part than like, yeah. eh, I think, I think this should be different. Because you're making the cost more clear to them of, of following that. I agree. All right. Okay. Now it's been answered. Hey, Jameson, have you heard about that podcast from Red Hat called Compiler? Isn't it the podcast that transforms human voices into bytes interpretable by machines? <laughs> yes, that's the one. Like every podcast. <laughs> so the, the show Compiler comes to you from the makers of Command Line Heroes and is hosted by Angela Andrews and Brent Simino. Yeah, I've listened to it a bit. I listened to episode 18, which is about productivity. And I learned about the co-action effect, which I will not explain to you so that you go listen to it. Uh-huh. I hadn't heard of that before, and it was cool. They also had an episode on compilers, and there were fewer really corny jokes about the name of the podcast right. than I expected, <laughs> but very informative. They had uh, one of the GCC developers on there to talk about compilers, which was great. Yeah, I've, I've been listening too. It's an awesome show. I liked the episode on how Red Hat ran a long-standing, like multi-year, I want to say 10-year challenge for employees to hack their monitors inside the building to put up a meme image. And I don't want to spoil it, (laughs) but let's just say that it ends with the business cat. Probably my favorite kind of podcasts are shows that tell outsiders how things work inside big tech companies and have access to people and perspectives that you don't see every day. Very interesting. You can listen to Compiler and Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. And we'll also add a link in the show notes. Check it out. Now, I will read the next question, which is from an anonymous listener who says, A few months back, I volunteered as a co-facilitator for my department's Node.js Guild meeting. At first, it was a struggle to get people to present, but I tried to lower the bar more and more until it was easy. I asked for 10 to 15 minute presentations, and eventually I realized people are happier kicking off a discussion than they are giving a presentation. All the listeners are more engaged too, at least after the first two meetings doing this. Now I want people to share half-baked code or problems they're struggling with as part of our discussions. I want people to be able to be vulnerable. If we don't collaborate on common problems until we feel they're polished and won't reflect badly on us, then we will all waste time solving the same problems. I also want to scale this across 15 to 25 small scrum teams. I think success could be my demise. If we have good discussions, then more people will come, but people don't want to be vulnerable with a larger group. In general, I think my own scrum team is very open and vulnerable to each other, but the remote work in the department has created distance. I want to help create more collaboration on similar problems and solutions. What would you do to keep this going and improve it? Mm. Huh. I want to scale this across 15, 25 small scrum teams. Does that mean 15 to 25 
individual teams doing the same thing or one giant mega guild meeting with 15 to 25 teams worth of people in it? I feel like the second one is, those are both hard, but for very different reasons, I guess. They're different failure modes. Having 15 to 25 different teams do it individually means that like most of them will do it poorly, but some teams will probably do it well. And if you have them all in one big group, that means that probably nobody will, <laughs> nobody will do it well, probably. All at once though. Okay, I have an idea. I'm gonna assume that this is for, they mentioned a larger group. So I'm, I'm assuming this, this means like the guild meeting becomes larger and more people participate. And how do you keep it open okay. and vulnerable? You can't, first of all, like there's just a different vibe to a meeting with 10 times as many people, however many times as many people will be in here. There will be people who, no matter what you do, will not participate fully yeah. in a group this big. So so you are making some trade-offs of like, the there's there's just a ceiling you will not go above of, of how comfortable and vulnerable it can be. But one thing you can do is is use people who are respected to model the behavior that you want. So if you want this to be vulnerable, if you want this to be about showing off half-baked ideas and things people are struggling with, you need to find people that are well-known to be competent and capable and have them demonstrate mm -hmm. the level of half-bakedness that you want brought to this meeting. P people who are well-known for being competent and capable who are about to expose yeah. that they are imposters. Yeah. Like if you want to make it clear that, I mean, one thing you could be afraid of is if you say, I'm struggling with this thing, then someone will just scoff you and say, why don't you Google that, you poor fool? And I don't know, just, just get, <laughs> yeah. get feedback that equates to you are dumb. So you, you take these people that you know are, are smart and you show them being vulnerable and and that will engage the group, I think, to to participate in a healthy way with, with this vulnerability and also show this is like, like if this person can show off their dumb thing they're stuck on, then I should be able to as well. It'll make it feel a little bit safer, I think. Yeah, a little safer. And they don't And they finish their presentation, they don't get mocked or tomatoes thrown yeah. at them. But they get praised, maybe. Unless in the course of them presenting it, they're, they they just like figure it out so masterfully, and you just see the gears turning, <laughs> and their how they how they their brilliance shines through. Yeah, exactly. Like I I started off not knowing how to do this, in the end, I wrote a compiler to produce a language <laughs> that does this. Actually, I live coded it during the during yeah, the yeah exactly. <laughs> I built a GUI in Excel that is rendering in 3d <laughs> to uh right. yeah hmm. probably that won't happen though i think that the fundamental problem here while while acknowledging the progress you've made with your small team which is great and i i congratulate you for that i think vulnerability simply doesn't scale yeah like who's willing to be vulnerable in front of 100 people i'm willing to be vulnerable in front of 100 people if i know i can defeat them all in single combat <laughs> 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 is this how you get through conference talks it is yeah none of this imagining people in their underwear no imagine them at my feet boxing gloves on headless yeah <laughs> as i stand in a victory pose all of them with the ref holding one of your one of your uh glove clad hands yes. in the air that's pretty violent <laughs> that was good of you to be vulnerable about what's actually going on in <laughs> Fortunately, there's only three people yeah. listening, and they're all related to you. Yeah. Even my family doesn't listen to this well, thing. Well, <laughs> if they want to know more about me, my vulnerability, then tell them. <laughs> like, is there a way to, I don't know, 
is I really don't think true vulnerability will ever scale to the degree that you want it to with 15 to 25 scrum teams. I mean, we're talking if a team is two people, this is 30 to 50 people. If a team is three people, we're talking 45 to 75 people. That's a pretty big group for someone to come and, quote, be vulnerable. Maybe you have to reduce the size of your teams. to zero. Oh, <laughs> well, then it scales very well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like big O of zero. <laughs> it's great. Better than constant time. I mean, you're, you're just not going to, I think you're going to be challenged to find, what, what you'll find is that the same 10% of people are willing to stand up in front of 30 to 75 people and say, I made the following mistakes and here's, you know, here's everything on display. If you want people to consistently and, and uniformly contribute, I think you've either got to keep it a small group or pivot the format so that vulnerability is not a prerequisite to present. You know, yeah. feel free to have people share things that are good, you know, share things, share accomplishments, but not, hey, I'm going to do a open yeah. heart retrospective right in front of you on uh, all my mistakes. I, I don't see that scaling. Well. I think similarly to how if, you're, if your technical systems have to scale an order of magnitude, they usually have to change. I think that's probably true for meetings too. If you're scaling the attendees in order of magnitude, then yeah. it's, it's going to have to be yeah. redesigned. I think uh, yeah. if you want... Another thing you could do that would involve more work is partnering with folks, especially people who might be less comfortable sharing or less inclined to just like pop in and and, and start talking in front of this large group of people. You are going a little bit more towards the formal presentation side. It doesn't have to be totally, you know, conference talk style, but some amount of, of prep to help uh -huh. them feel comfortable with the material that they are presenting. People being willing to be vulnerable means that they're more comfortable. You can also make people more comfortable by having them feel yeah. more prepared. It's not quite the same as vulnerability, but you might you might get some folks oh, yeah. who, who might be more junior or more shy. If you help them feel more prepared and comfortable, they could still participate, even if it's not the same off-the-cuff type of vibe. You could also help people feel more comfortable by explaining to them that the consequences of feeling uncomfortable are severe. <laughs> <laughs> You may have noticed a new little icon in the corner of your Zoom window. Sensing discomfort. A little color code <laughs> that uh, turn red as the algorithm detects discomfort <laughs> and yes. invulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> Lack of engagement. Yeah. I also think, just going back to your comment about how when you scale things to a new order of magnitude, you have to redesign the things. The premise here is that you've got people who are comfortable to kick off a discussion rather than giving a presentation. Well, in my experience, it's hard to kick off a discussion with 30 to 75 people. Yeah. You know, like th there are no discussions at that level. Yeah. There is only a one-to-many broadcast of information. There is not a many-to-many. -many. Or you're watching like a performance of like two people discuss in front of 70 people. Yes, a panel. And, and may oh, hey, maybe there's your answer is like a panel oh, discussion. like do that on purpose. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, again, you're back to the vulnerability thing. Who's willing to be on the, the panel? And, and I think the answer is it might be easier for people to kick off a panel discussion where there's some vulnerability involved, knowing that the audience is not invited to chime in, <laughs> except for the, the three people you're sitting in chairs with at the front of the stage. Yeah. Or you train them to be able to defeat the audience in single combat. <laughs> Perfect. That way you don't have to have everyone feel like they can defeat everyone else in single combat, which is impossible, obviously. Yeah. But if you pick the panel, then you can say, okay, these people are just yeah. 
they have good things to say and also they are they are they've got the most potential to be experts in right. martial arts. And it's mathematically feasible again. Yeah. Especially if they group up then <laughs> like stand back to back to back and I'm imagining the Google form for signing up to be on the panel. It's like how many weeks of martial arts training are you willing to take before you <laughs> the panel? <laughs> One week, two weeks, t- or ten weeks? Yeah. This will affect the likelihood of you being chosen. <laughs> it's a blind interview process, but we do need to know how much martial arts training you're working <laughs> on. It's blind because you need to put on a blindfold and kick the lid <laughs> off of a off of a like a soda bottle. Right. <laughs> That's what we mean by blind yes. audition. Yeah. <laughs> You're blindfolded. <laughs> Precision strikes. <laughs> yeah. It's a good it, these are good answers. <laughs> yeah, they are. These are really good answers. I agree. I'm glad we could be vulnerable together with each other to I know. I come know. to this place. <laughs> oh jeez. All right. Well, did we answer the question? Yeah, I think so. What do you do to keep this going okay. and improve it? Yeah, just bring food. That's the secret. Yeah. <laughs> also bring food. Willing to be vulnerable for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> My vulnerability can be purchased. Yeah. What can people do if they want their own questions answered? Okay. If you want your own question answered, go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button. And as usual, we want to say to each of you who have submitted your questions, thank you so much for doing so. You are the lifeblood of the show and we love reading them. We do. We've talked a lot about vulnerability. It is a vulnerable thing to submit a question about this like tricky problem you're struggling mm-hmm. with. So thank you for doing that. We appreciate it. We learn from it and we will catch you next week. 